You're listening to Powerful, a podcast that will provide you with solutions to ignite your superpowers, identify your limiting habits, and help you be more authentic. Hi, I'm your host, Bridget Brown Jackson. The episodes are cultivated with you in mind and teach us how to be intentionally powerful. It is declared that you are ordained for it. Well, welcome, welcome back, my powerful people. I am so very excited and elated. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm excited about this guest that we have today. Oh my God, is she amazing and special? Today, we're going to be talking about leaping out, getting unstuck, and allowing your wings to appear. And we have none other than my accountability partner, my partner in helping sharpen and become better speakers, better everything about ourselves. And her name is Heather Bird Roberts. Again, not only is she my accountability partner, but she's an award-winning author and writer. She is the CEO of Bird's World. I absolutely love Heather and we have her today because she's going to inspire you and talk about getting out of those limiting beliefs. We share a little bit about brainstorming and how she mind mapped and she moved her ideas forward to earning two, not one, but two award-winning shows. So get ready for today's episode. It is entitled, Turn Ideas to Execution. We want to execute. We're going to talk to Heather right after this commercial break from our sponsor. Thank you to Exponential Edge Adventures for being our sponsor for this week's episode. Calling all career women who want to execute. Do you desire to get better results? Are you seeking to influence others? Maybe you want to be seen for the support that you give. Or do you seek to improve the quality of the systems around you? We have a solution to support you. We're offering a free execution profile to help you identify your superpowers and leverage them. Just go to simplytomorrow.com and get yours Today, use the offer code SOLUTION. Act fast. All right, Heather, tell our audience about you. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Bridget, so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, So my name is Heather Bird Roberts. I am an award-winning author, writer, poet, uh, creative catalyst, and educator, and I'm the owner of Bird's World. And uh, that organization really exists to inspire and empower lives through creativity. And so that looks different for a lot of different people. So I am here to help folks with their projects and really move ideas to execution. Okay, let's talk about that, especially that word execution. You know, I like (laughs) to do that. You know, I'm an execution coach. So let's talk about that execution. How do you help people? uh, First, before before we go go there by helping people, let's talk about you. What made you have the ability to be able to get your award winning? What what got you there? Let's tell some of those secrets. And then I want we're going to go into, you know, how we can help people execute. (laughs) Yes. I mean. A lot of it, I've been I've been blessed to have an amazing, amazing support system by my side. And I think one of the things that has allowed me to be at the place that I am 
is um, it really is an execution piece. You want it to back up, but it's really the execution piece. A lot of folks have ideas and uh, I don't know about you, but like I have a whole board that a whole wall that is a whiteboard and I have ideas for days and a lot of folks have ideas and it's all about how can we turn those ideas and brainstorm and mind map and figure out what's point A, what's point B and how we can make those things align to move them forward. And so the award winning piece uh, was all about me actually taking a leap of faith. Uh, I, I leaped and allowed my wings to appear and uh, joined a couple of festivals the past couple of years okay. and put some of my work out there. And it was really well received in the, within the festival. So the two shows that I've done have received awards. And if it wasn't for that action, if it wasn't for that execution, it, it really, I wouldn't have known what I'm capable of. So I'm, I'm extremely thankful. I love that. I love the fact that you're talking about the mind mapping. So, you know, yes. being an educator, I, mm-hmm. I mind mapped all the time. Actually, I mind mapped my way all through college. Um, when um, somebody taught me that strategy, because I had a hard time remembering, I still do. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I laugh because I'm, as a minister, people think, you know, it's like, okay, you know things and stuff like that. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I can't just remember <laughs> scriptures like that. I can remember, I can tell you the gist of them or the gist of them, but I have to go back and look and stuff like that. But what I taught myself to get through college was, again, learning things using mind maps. So I love, you just took me all the way back to college, girl. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an educator deep down inside. My mother was in yeah. the Chicago public school system for uh think about 30 years and then she taught someone else somewhere else for about 10 15 years so education is just in my blood so wow wow yes. we love that i know you have shared that before i love to hear that love to hear yes. that so i want to talk about you said okay so it was executing but is there something that you think that you have inside of you innately that that pushes that and maybe it's examples. You just talked about your mom being such an incredible yeah. educator. So maybe it's the influences. What's that thing that helps you ex- execute? That's such a good question. Um, so are you familiar with um, Myers-Briggs? Yeah. Type assessment? Yes. So I'm an INFJ. Okay. And there is something about INFJs. Uh, we represent less than like one or 2% of the population. And there is something about our specific type that allows us to be able to dream, but then we want to see that dream come to life. So I do think it's somewhere within my personality to make those things happen. I think a lot of the times folks just don't know how to get from point A to point B and my mind just naturally does that. I'm in the process of actually unpacking uh, how my brain does that and why, um, why that is a thing. But my grandmother was definitely a huge influence. Um, she, she was just a go-getter. Like she, she took no crap. Um, just really, if you're about it, do it. Um, and there, there wasn't another option. Like, it was just like, you had to do it. And I grew up with her and I think that was just passed, passed down to me. Um, so I'm, I'm unpacking what that looks like. Uh, Cause I thought everybody had that, that within them. And I'm learning that is, that is not the case. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So now I need to unpack so that I'm able to repackage it yeah. and allow people to figure out how they can make that happen for themselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely in the field and what you do uh, in helping other people, you definitely have a incredible 
sorry about that. Um, you have an incredible, incredible way of of blessing other people and touching other people's lives. And so mm-hmm. uh, to be able to do that. Now, this is just for me because I just love ancestry and everything. So uh, is your grandmother, is she from uh, a, what part of the country rather is she from? So you talking about my family when I did my ancestry DNA and we going back. Just, back grandmother or... just talking about that. You said you got some of the stuff from her. Where's she from? She she, she was born in Helena, Arkansas okay. um, and lived there in that, in that region for a while. But then I can't remember when she exactly moved to Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, it might've been during like that Chicago migration, actually um, when folks were moving to the North. And uh, I know my mom was born and raised in Chicago and she was born in 50. So I know my grandmother was here before then. Um, but yeah, she definitely has that that southernness that was in her. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get. I'm like, it's, it's amazing when we go back and we look. I'm not saying all over, but especially certain areas of the mm-hmm. South. It was yeah. a certain type of grit that they had, a certain type mm-hmm. of go getness that they had. And again, I'm not not excluding anybody um, mm-hmm. throughout America, especially yeah. for our culture, for African-Americans. We've seen it, but especially it's certain locale that, yes, they just it was just something about it. And so, you know, I'm glad that we got to inherit some of that. Uh, my, my they call my 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 great grandmother. She was called Big Mama. And uh, it was funny because I don't know why she was big mama because she was petite as she could be. <laughs> but her personality, I'm sure, was... was yes, was, it was. Yeah. <laughs> she was 100 pounds wet, but they called her big mama. But she had so much wisdom and so many things. And she was from um, Tennessee. And mm. um, we actually are from, uh, you probably like this being a writer. We're from where Alex Haley was from, Ripley and oh, Tennessee. Okay. So, yeah, so her... Um, her great, her grandmother came on the wagon train when Chicken George in the movie migrated. And so we grew up listening to that story and everything. And it's just like, yeah, Big Mama was, was something else. She was, mm. something else. so you just took me there. <laughs> but let's get back. I want to talk about, again, just this, again, your award winning. You have such great stuff that you've been able to do and accomplish. Um, and you say you're studying unpacking, you know, how all of that happened. Tell yeah. us one of those inspirational moments, though, that you're like, yes, you know, we know we've never made we we will never make it. We're always learning. You know, yeah, I guess I guess we can tell the audience uh, we're accountability partners. So yeah. uh, Heather and I, uh, for those people that are listening and you're not watching the video, uh, Heather and I are accountability partners. We met each other and just have just had a wonderful time knowing and discovering, sharpening each other. Um, yeah. And so I know that she has that. You have that ability to be able to help sharpen other people. You sharpen me. Uh, mm-hmm. My speaking skills have, you know, leveled up. <laughs> since I got the poet in the house. Uh, <laughs> so you you really have some incredible, incredible literary skills. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about one of those celebratory moments. You know, we never arrive. We keep trying to get there. Yes. But what's one of those moments that you like, yeah, that was one of the great rungs on the ladder. Yeah, I, I would say it was last summer. So um, as we all know, a year ago, the world shifted in terms of how we were able to meet, how we were able to talk with one another, how we were able to show up in the world. And I had gone through a, a French festival 
the year prior. So I was like, I'm ready for this. I, you know, I can go, I know what to expect. And then just like everything that happened to us, we a huge halt uh, took place. And I, I was honestly in a space where I didn't know how to move forward, um, what I was going to do, how I was going to do it. I was having this moment of negative self-talk that almost pulled me out of, of, of the festivals that I was in. And I didn't know how to really move forward. And there was a moment where I was like, all right, uh, some of the other accountability places and, and partners that I have, um, there's a statement of you never know what's going to happen on the other side of fear until you actually cross that line. And that was something that I had in the back of my mind. And so I was like, all right, let's go. Let's jump. Let's leap. What's going to happen? And um, I rewrote and reformatted two of my shows. One of them is called Inheritance of Stories We Carry. And the other one is Her Story of History. And I pulled a team together and we were able to record both of these shows in two different locations within two months, each, a day each, like there were 12 to 16 hour days of filming and be able to get it up and, and ready for the festival. And I remember the moment of the last day of closing where we had the award ceremony and um, they were giving the final award. And usually it's for someone who is in St. Louis and they actually ended up breaking the rules and awarding it um, to me as the producer of the show. And I remember being in my office and just crying because all of the hard work that I had put into the shows had paid off. And regardless of whether or not I would have, you know, received the award, um, we were able to do it. And we were able to put this information out there. People were able to see the messaging. And I did a happy dance. I turned on Beyonce's Black Parade. And I had my phone. There's a video footage of my phone. <laughs> like, and I'm just dancing, having the time of my life because I need to celebrate that moment. It was, it was a small, smaller moment in the bigger picture, but a big moment in for August 2020. Um, so that that was a moment where I was like, I did it. Like. I moved past that line of fear of not knowing the how, but knowing the what and moving past that line and making it happen. Making it happen in the middle of a pandemic. In the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> two shows and two different festivals, both of them award-winning in a pandemic. Like, yeah. 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 So I I, I don't want to, I want to unpack. You talked about unpacking earlier. So we're going to unpack. Yes. Stuff. Let's let's take the layers off of this onion. Now, I heard you say, you know, you're celebrating. This is really a great, um, again, whether you did the award or not, just mm-hmm. being able to produce something that's high quality, that's incredible, was wonderful. But I heard you say you had to work on those belief systems. I heard you say yeah. something about you. Let's t- talk to the audience about that because I want our audience to always remember we got to identify what's stopping us. And you say mm-hmm. it about fear, do that quote on fear. Let's unpack that for a moment. How can you help our audience to see it doesn't matter? We we got the ability. We just got to overthink this. Yes. Kind of a thing we have. Yes. Yes. I so the first step was definitely identifying what that is. Like what do a fear assessment? Where is your fear coming from? 
Um, I have this this method that I'm developing called the flight method that actually takes a takes uh, a look at fear. And um, the first step to that, if you spell out flight, F-L-I-G-H-T, the first letter is F and um, it's, it's a fear assessment. So where does where does that fear stem from? Are you afraid of actually being successful? Are you um, replaying in your mind what others have told you about you not being good enough? Um are you afraid of amplifying something that you're not necessarily proud of that could come through with success? Like, are you afraid of success? So like really taking a deeper look at um, where that fear is coming from. And for me in particular, it revolved around imposter syndrome. Um, I have been in spaces where I've been in spaces where folks didn't necessarily understand that I have the administrative thought process, but I also have this artistic thought process. And though it's rare, it's very possible. And I was pushed into this box of being an administrator and I didn't have the opportunity to be both. Mm -hmm. And after a while, I started to believe I was only one thing. Mm -hmm. And so here I am trying to be this artist. I am an artist, but in my mind, you know, negative self-talk is like, who are you? Who do you think you are trying to be this artist, this, this performer? And um, I had to really go back to that moment and unpack what that was and be more confident in who I know I can be Mm -hmm. and start to release some of those strings that were pulling me down. And look what happened. Look what happened. I do want to do this because we might have somebody that's listening that don't truly understand you and I, we, we talk about this. We talk about this on our accountability calls all the time about that imposter syndrome, but in case somebody doesn't really understand it, can you define it a little bit more? So people understand and know step past all of this. I'm just going to call it junk. Just this space junk, step past that and to be the incredible person that God designed them to be so that they can do or or rather work for the people who they're assigned to. Mm, Yes. And I mean, when you take a look at what imposter syndrome really is, it is, um, you know, really just you doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud and no matter where you are in your own journey, you could be at the highest of levels. You could be a CEO at a company and still have imposter syndrome. And another thing that I've also noticed is I feel like it affects black women differently or women differently, you know, Um, because men are told they can be all that they may or may not even be, and they could be 50% of themselves and still be fine. Whereas women, I feel as if we constantly are, doing our best to be our best. And because we're not at this level, this, this high level that we set for ourselves, we don't feel like we deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, you know, uh, I don't know if statistic is the right word, but there's this um, theory, I should say, cause I don't have the facts to back it up mm-hmm. um, that 50% men will apply for a job if they feel as if they're 50% qualified for the job. Whereas women believe we have to be a hundred percent, you know, yeah, have all the the requirements in order to apply, um, and then that that fraud sinks in, that imposter syndrome sinks in, yeah. um, and we all suffer from it, no matter what level we are in. And so it's about, like I keep saying, like it's it's about unpacking yeah. what that looks like and how how can we acknowledge what it is, sit in that, and really 
figure out the best ways to move forward from it. Because there's a lot that is there. Um, What are some of the limiting beliefs? So the L within flight syndrome, right? What are some of the limiting beliefs that we hold within ourselves that's really um, telling us that we are not all that we can be? When in all honesty, we are the most powerful, magical, beautiful (laughs) individuals on this planet. Like (laughs) we've been able to do some incredible, incredible things considering all of the the humps and the hurdles that we have to to go over. So I love you. Thank you for uh I love that. I thank you for um expounding upon that because again, we have to be so very, very careful of imposter syndrome. I know I I experienced it and I've talked about it a little bit on in previous episodes on the podcast that um Mm -hmm. going from being a school administrator to 100% running my own uh, business. And, and I doing was, a beautiful job. <laughs> I was like, huh? You know, and, and I really did. I had to, because I was good at that over there. And then mm-hmm. I, I questioned myself, how dare we come over here? What makes me good over here? Because every time I've had a lot of businesses, I started business, actually, I was a kid. <laughs> entrepreneur. <laughs> Look, Did I you have, have your lemonade stand? <laughs> uh, 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 I was better than that. So I'm from Illinois too. I was born in Peoria, Illinois. So my family, uh, they used to play pinochle. So we had pinochle in Peoria. <laughs> and so we moved to Flint, Michigan and we got here. You know, I have a very large family. My mother, it was 18 of them. And mm. so all of my uncles, they would get together. Yeah, big family. <laughs> so imagine. I had over 50 first cousins, like... <laughs> At one point, some of them have have passed on and stuff now, but I'm mm. like, we have a huge family. But anyhow, I would they would have uh, two, maybe three nights a week. They play cards. Mm-hmm. And I was like 10, 11, 12, because they taught me how to cook when I was about six. So yeah. guess what uh, Bridget did? I went in the kitchen. I start frying up uh, potatoes. I start making hamburgers. Look, now I'm using my grandmother's stuff, mind you. It's her food. Mm-hmm. But I'm cooking it and selling it. I mean, I've always had You had your own restaurant while they- hustle. Look, <laughs> it's There's something so important about that. Like, how early are we showing our young people how to be- CEOs of their life. Like you were able to like come up with this concept. We and we 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 do this when we're younger. We like play store or play, you know, like how how can we turn that into something to where they see themselves in these roles when they get older? Like I absolutely love that. Yes, they they used to be like, can you fix me? How much money you giving me? See, I love candy. I had a sweet tooth and the, the candy store. See, we had a candy house around the corner, you know. Yes. We had the lady that sold the, the freeze pops in the styrofoam cups. <laughs> so we had all kind of stuff. So I wanted to go visit. So guess what I had to do? I had to hustle, make me smutty. So yeah. yes. So we have to realize that. And I have to talk to myself. Like I'm sitting here with you laughing about it right now. But I have to say, Bridget, you did this back then. Yeah. You no, know, back when the obstacles were against you. Mm-hmm. How dare you think you can't do it now with uh, education? with resources, with, again, Network. people like you, my accountability partners, like, <laughs> we got this. We got this. Yes. And then what's, ask ourselves, like, what skills are transferable? Like, yes, you were a principal, but you also had to run an entire school. That That's business-minded, entrepreneurship-minded 
type work? Like how, how can we use that and transfer that over into the business? Like there's so much that you can take with that. You manage people, mm-hmm. you, you can, you can, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Benchmarks, like you have benchmarks that you have to meet, like all of that stuff. You have all that. of this stuff that I'm doing right now because I help people with their performance, and so yes. with that scorecards, all that stuff we did. That's what I was thinking in my brain that um that I had to really, really like tell myself because mm-hmm. as educators, we think, and your mom probably did this. You know, we in the school system. Your mom didn't think um she was over a billion dollar institution. She sat in the classroom. And she had children that because those children came and sat in that seat, mm-hmm. the district got paid for it. So she was a CEO, yes. you know, and, and I have, I had to start, like you said, reframing. And I did, I started reframing myself and saying, you know what, Bridget, you weren't just a school leader. You ran a million dollar organization. So if you ran a million dollar organization and actually my first school was a $6 million organization, just See? my school. So I was like, wait a minute, I can run my own million organization. So yeah, that reframing. So thanks for adding that. Yes. That's why it's important to have accountability partners because you're able to see in someone else what they can't see in themselves because we're in it. Um, Because you've done that for me several times, like several times. Like you, you pointed me out in a lineup. I was having like a mini breakdown before we even met and you like saw me (laughs) in the chat and reached out to me. And then we end up being in this group together. Like we were meant to be in the same space together. Yeah. I love how God orchestrates stuff. He's, he's, he's Mm -hmm. like nobody else at all. Well, I don't want to put you on the spot because I didn't ask you to do this, but this just kind of fell in me. (laughs) I love your poetic flow. I love it. I had a feeling. So I want you to, let's take us, take us out by giving the people something like empowerful and for, especially for you, you're very creative. And for people to understand um, on our, our training call that we just had yesterday, that's what we were talking about flow. We were talking about cadence and iteration. And I want people to understand that you can do anything. There were people on there that they absolutely didn't at all do that kind of stuff. And so to let their creative side, you know, come out. That doesn't mean yeah. that, that that doesn't have to be your superpower, but you mm-hmm. can have it sometimes. So open up people's imagination. So I want you to give them something going out. Come on. What you got? I felt it. I felt it. Um, and, and, and I love what you said about, um, you don't have, it doesn't have to be anything groundbreaking. Like every, everyone is creative. Right. Yes. Um, and one of the things that I actually do is help people get out of their heads and onto the page, what you decide to do with that page, whether you read it out loud or you keep it to yourself, it, it allows us to move us forward and be more creative. Um, and so since we're actually talking about my mother, I just, there was something I was like, she, she's about to ask me or I'm, I'm prepared for this one because we're talking about my mother, who is also an educator, retired educator. Um, I'm going to actually read from my book, Mahogany, A Love Letter to Black. Um, and it's the very it's the closing poem in the book. Um, and it's called Ode to Mama. My only cuss when really mad, mama. My laugh until cheeks hurt, tears drain from sockets and uh, pee decorates chair, mama. My, she's giving you a million chances and will still give you one more, mama. My, she'll beat you in a game of cards against humanity, but not know what half the cards mean, mama. My, closing out a 29th birthday at 2 a.m., mama. My, could drink you under the table, mama. 
my professional scorching sugar water mama my what's your mama's real name because i just call her mama mama my let's start water fights in the house mama my strong mama my raising two kids and caring for my grandmother all on her own mama my still made it to every basketball volleyball track me and softball game mama my mama still comes to my games mama my can't reverse with brake lights on mama my turn the car and got lost going to her own job mama my bend over backwards but never did gymnastics mama my snorting while giggling mama my one-of-a-kind too bad he was too selfish to see it mama my watching tennis bones and ncis all day mama my I, I forgot to take my ginkgo biloba pill, mama. My, it's not lost. I just don't know where it is, mama. My, I can't make this stuff up, mama. My, dare her. And she just might do it, mama. My, uh, don't know which side of the record to play, mama. My got fired as a DJ at her own party, mama, my. Sometimes I don't know how you did it, mama, my. White-haired can find her in any crowd, mama, my. Been teaching for almost 40 years, mama. And in case you were wondering, that's over 40 classrooms, 800 students, approximately 1,250 parents, and still has so much more love to give, mama, my. Made a former student cry from joy, mama. My, I wouldn't want to be anybody else, mama. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. My fingers don't snap like they should. This one <laughs> I can do it for you. There you go. <laughs> Girl, yes. Yeah. When I bought your book, oh my God. I think that was it. I don't know how I landed there first. That was the first. <laughs> that's, the, that's the last page. <laughs> yes, it opened up and I read it. I was like, oh my God, I can relate. I love it, mama. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Mama Bird. <laughs> She's yeah, amazing. We have a lot of, you had a couple of those things that we had in common. I was like, yeah, especially that NCIS, girl. Mm-hmm. All day, all day. So the first time I actually performed that poem, it was it was a surprise to my mom. And yeah. I thought I was going to be all cute. We were going to share this moment. I wasn't anticipating her bawling and turning into a tomato. Because wow. she was just so moved. Yeah. Um, and for a while, she actually carried around this poem, like the first draft of this poem in her wallet. Wow. Um, and it went with her everywhere. And so we, we that's on tape, actually. We shared this moment. It's really beautiful. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. That's wonderful. Well, Heather, we are so happy that we had you here today. <laughs> I think you chose some people how to ignite their superpowers. Yes, I think so. you definitely helped them with those limiting beliefs. And if nobody doesn't want to be authentic after you just talked about that imposter syndrome, then they got to mm-hmm. make sure they be true to themselves. Absolutely. Yes, yes. That's them snaps again. <laughs> So let's talk about your book, share your book and how can people get in touch with you? Yes. So um, for those of you who can see, um, I actually have the book cover in the back. It is called Mahogany, A Love Letter to Black. I published it in 2016 and it is a collection of 14 poems that is a range of experiences just about the black experience, our relationship to ourselves, our relationship to this country um, and what that kind of means. And you can actually find the book on Amazon. It's $10 on Amazon. 
Um, and uh, folks can find me on Facebook and Instagram, and it's at Bluebirds World. And so it's spelled B L U B Y R D S W O R L D. And that's for both platforms. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, if you want to have a, a 30 minute brainstorming session, if you are, um, if this podcast in general just, you know, ignited something within you. I definitely want to invite you um, to have a discovery call with me because I'm actually pulling together a course called Learn to Fly, How to Rise in Your Creative Badassery in Six Weeks. Um, And we go through the flight method, um, which takes a look at fear and limiting beliefs and more. So feel free to email me at info at birdsworld.com. And that's bird with a Y. And I will be more than willing to... uh, just figure out how to fly with you. I'm excited for what's to come. Yes. yes. They, they better take you up on that because like, <laughs> uh, we have a, a quad group of women in our accountability group and we have all just grown by sharpening mm. each other. And you are I'm not going to get emotional because I can get emotional sometimes. Uh, you asked about, um, did I know about Myers-Briggs? So yes, I took Myers-Briggs and then I became a discertified consultant. And so, uh, yeah, I love the personality profiles because I am 100% everything that they say that I am. (laughs) (laughs) It's nothing like having something describe yourself to you in words that you didn't even know were supposed to come together. Like Like, I can't argue. Yeah. So for the dis, I'm an I, uh, interactive type and uh, very emotional. So I'm not going to get emotional, but I do. I appreciate all of the value that you have poured into my life over these, you know, just what about five months now. And it's amazing, just really really amazing. And I just want to say thank you for, you know, joining us on this podcast, but also for the value that you've poured into my life. So I hope our listeners uh, really do reach out. Uh, All of the information is going to be in the show notes as well. So they'll be able to actually click your links without any problem. (laughs) So don't have to search. They don't have to worry about it. And for the people, if you are watching um, via on YouTube uh, through the video, uh, again, the same thing, you'll be able to have the links in the comment section so that you can reach out to my powerful girl. <laughs> That's my girl, Chi-Town. Uh, Look, and so we just really do truly uh, want you all to be enriched and to listen to the things that she said. Um, acclaimed, my acclaimed <laughs> friend. <laughs> I'm going to let you have the last words if you have anything you want to say Ooh. to the Ooh, well, I, I mean, again, thank you so much, Bridget, for having me. This is this has been really great. And I'm I'm honored to be able to share this space with you and that other people can see it. We share space on a weekly basis, but to, to be able to share this um, to the public is amazing. Um, I And I would like to let folks know that, you know, if this is something that resonated with you or if there's anything that we talked about, I just want to let you know that I see you. Um, you are not alone. Um, I welcome you into the Hummingbird community and I can't wait to see you fly. All right. Well, thank you, my dear friend. All right, powerful people. We love you. We'll see you the next time. Well, I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. I told you, my girl, Heather Bird Roberts, is no joke. She's incredible in helping people understand about execution. So if you'd like to find out more, again, go to our show notes and all of that information is in there. If you like this episode, please make sure you have given us a review. If you have not subscribed, 
I would ask you so kindly to do that. And please share, share, share this podcast. If you know someone that you know that this can help them, greatly would appreciate that. If you have any questions, you can always email ordainededucator at gmail.com. In addition, if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast or know of someone that would make a great guest, please email us. As I always say, coach me and I'll learn. Challenge me and I'll grow. Believe in me and I'll win. I believe in you. You are a winner.